The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Now a man was ill, Lazarus from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who had anointed the Lord with perfumed oil and dried his feet with her hair. It was her brother Lazarus who was ill. So the sisters sent word to him saying, Master, the one you love is ill. When Jesus heard this, he said, This illness is not to end in death, but is for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was ill, he remained for two days in the place where he was. Then after his disciples, after this, he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just trying to stone you, and you want to go back there? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If one walks during the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks at night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. He said this and then told them, Our friend Lazarus is asleep, but I am going to awaken him. So the disciples said to him, Master, if he is asleep, he will be saved. But Jesus was talking about his death, while they thought that he meant ordinary sleep. So then Jesus said to them, Clearly, Lazarus has died, and I am glad for you that I was not there, that you may believe. Let us go to him. So Thomas, called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go to die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, only about two miles away. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary sat at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise. Martha said to him, I know he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the one who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary secretly, saying, The teacher is here and is asking for you. As soon as she heard this, she rose quickly and went to him. For Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still where Martha had met him. So when the Jews who were with her in the house comforting her saw Mary get up quickly and go out, they followed her. 
presuming that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her weeping, he became perturbed and deeply troubled and said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Sir, come and see. And Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not the one who opened the eyes of the blind man have done something so that this man would not have died? Jesus, perturbed again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay across it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the dead man's sister, said to him, Lord, by now there will be a stench. He has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you for hearing me. I know that you always hear me. But because of the crowd here, I have said this that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, tied hand and foot with burial bands, and his face was wrapped in a cloth. So Jesus said to them, untie him and let him go. Now many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen What he had done began to believe in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Lord I was told I'm supposed to read the announcements now. So, um, upcoming events tune in Monday to KEXS Catholic Radio to listen to Father Rogers from 1 to 2 p.m. and Father Bartlett from 2 to 4 p.m. On Sunday evening, <clears throat> parents are invited <coughs> to listen to two well-known speakers about proactive parenting in the internet age at 5 p.m. or to difficult conversations with your teens at 7.30 p.m. We will also have a talk at 7.30 p.m. for high schoolers the core of your identity and your deepest desires. And parents of eighth graders, there's a required brief meeting with Father Rogers on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. in the Father Pilecki room regarding the confirmation program that your child will enter into next year. Please plan on attending. And the second collection today is for our seminarians. And my name's Father Sean Kilcauley, if you're wondering who the strange priest is up here. Um, I'm the Family Life Office Director in the Diocese of Lincoln, and I also am the Theological Advisor for Integrity Restored, which is a nonprofit organization that provides education, training, and resources to the church, especially to help those families who have been affected by internet addiction, to help parents protect their children from the dark side of the internet, and, um, and really to help people to find freedom. And so... I am one of those well-known speakers who will be here this afternoon at 5 p.m. and 7.30 talking to the high school. And so I really do encourage, um, encourage you to come out this evening. 
In this fifth Sunday of Lent, as we get ready to enter into Holy Week, which will begin next Sunday with Palm Sunday, we have this gospel reading where our Lord encounters Lazarus and raises him from the dead. And raises him from the dead. And there are lots of lines in today's gospel that kind of stick out as we read through. Like one of them that always strikes me is, you know, when Jesus hears about what is happening to Lazarus, it says he loved him and so he decided to remain where he was for two more days. Right? He loved him, but he didn't go right away. He decided, oh, I'm going to stay where I am for two more days before going. And he points out that, you know, it will be to manifest the glory of God. And then when Martha and Mary go to him, they say to him, Lord, if you had been here, our brother would not have died. And then again, our Lord, after encountering Mary, sees her weeping. And the people start to accuse him, like, couldn't the one who opened the eyes of the blind man have done something about this? And then eventually he goes and calls Lazarus forth. And so this dynamic of calling him forth from the dead, it is pointing to something that happens in all of our lives, right? in every one of our lives. How many of us have needed to be called forth from the tomb in our own lives? Right before I came back from studying in Rome, I studied in Rome from 2009 to 2013, I went to the Holy Land. And so one of the places that we went to was this home in Bethany, which most scientific studies say is the place where Jesus called Lazarus forth from the tomb. And so our tour guide let us go down into the tomb and hang out in the tomb. And then he would yell down there, Father Sean, come out. And so the idea was sort of to go down there and think about the things you know, that keep us trapped in the tomb. You know, and in our own lives, we have these things that sort of keep us from living completely. Right During the Lenten season, it's been a season of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving so that we can get ready to renew the promises we made in our baptism. And hopefully we have chosen penances that are truly things that we need to remove to our, from our lives because they're obstacles to encountering our Lord. Right? All of us have obstacles to encountering our Lord. All of us have something in our life that we choose instead of choosing our Lord. You know, for me, it's television. Like oftentimes, it's television. When I was studying in Rome, and this is part of the talk that I'm going to give later to both parents and the teens, like I was studying marriage and family life, and I come from a very sort of non-traditional family. And so my dad was married, had kids, got divorced. My mom was married, had kids, got divorced. Dad and mom got married. Mom died when I was two. Dad remarried, had three more children, and then they divorced when I was in college. Right? That's how I became the family life office director. 
but coming from that family and then studying the church's teaching on marriage and family and beauty and love and joy, right? I had this professor and he was always talking about joy and how we're all called to have joy. He'd constantly be saying, la gioia, in Italian. And I would sit there in class and just be like, I don't have la gioia. I don't think I've had an emotion in like 10 years. I just feel dead inside most of the time. Or I feel numb inside most of the time. And as that was agitating, as the truth of the gospel message was agitating my family of origin kind of wounds, I fell into this depression and I would just binge watch TV. Like, I binge watched like a lot of TV, like sometimes 12 hours a day. Or sometimes if I had nothing going on that weekend, 36 hours in a weekend. I'd watch entire TV series in a weekend. And then our Lord entered into my life in a very particular way to call me out of that. And to call me out of that. And it was truly encountering his love for me that called me out of that. And sort of revealed to me and reminded me who I was. And yet an attachment to TV kind of stays. And when I get home at 10 o'clock at night, after working in my office all day, I like to watch TV. Like two shows or something like that. Between the hours of 10 and 12. And it was about two years ago that I realized Jesus wanted those hours of my day. And so my strategy for that was just to go back to my room at 10 o'clock and turn on TV and say, Jesus, you're welcome into my room right now. We're going to watch Netflix. <laughs> and then slowly, 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 our Lord continued to reveal that he was enough for me. And so this Lent from myself, I've given up all video. And what did I find out? I found out I have a lot more room in my life for our Lord. I have a lot more room in my life for other people. You know, if you watch one television show every day, like how many characters' stories are in your head all the time? And how many parking spaces in your head do they take up that could be occupied by real people and real relationships? You know, and I use that as kind of a funny example, but I think our society in general, right, our young people in general, they tend to occupy a lot of parking spaces in their head through visual media or social media or their cell phones. You know, we all do this. You know, we all do this. Like when we're bored, lonely, angry, stressed, or we're feeling kind of off, like what do we do? Like we tend to pull out our phones. I do this. I pull out my phone and I check my email. And I'm like, oh, nobody's emailed me. Then I check my Facebook Messenger. And I'm like, oh, nobody's Facebook messaged me. And then I might check my Twitter account, which I never use. And so nobody's like checking in with me there. I've just got rejected like four times in 30 seconds. No, when we were growing up, we picked up our phone and we called a person and they answered and we felt better. And so many, many young people, they feel like kind of numb and disconnected all the time. And the way that kind of the evil one uses media in our lives can keep us trapped. And we need to hear our Lord call us forth. You know, whatever kind of sin that we're trapped in, 
we really are resurrected in the same way Lazarus was. Because it is the love of Christ that speaks into his death. Right? It says, and Jesus loved him. And Jesus wept. Jesus loved him and called him forth. And for those of us, even today, when we feel like there's those parts of our lives where we feel lonely or we feel isolated, we don't feel like we have connection with people. We hear people tell these stories about how they have this relationship with Jesus that's amazing. And yet we sometimes feel like, oh, I don't have that. I don't understand that. It gets only an encounter with his love. It's only an encounter with his love that breaks through all of that to reveal to us who we are as he calls us forth. That's particularly what this time in the Lenten season is. It's a time to be prepared to be called forth, for our hearts to be transformed even more than they have been already. Because our Lord truly does want us to have a life of joy and love and peace. He truly wants us to know who we are, that we belong to him, that we are his sons and daughters. In a couple of weeks, we'll renew our baptismal promises. Those baptismal promises are renewing our commitment, are renewing our trust in the love of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So that he can occupy more space in our hearts. And his love might radiate to every person that we meet. We're called to be a light in the darkness of our culture. To be a light that shines in the darkness. And today let us pray that as we continue to open our hearts to him, as we continue to make more space for him, we truly come to know the transforming love that he came to offer to us. And that we will in fact radiate that love to each person that we encounter. <laughs>